1: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Tracy Murda on behalf of Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Today I have a very special guest joining me all the way from Germany. This would be Raphael Riefel of German Rap. Thank you so much for joining me today, Raphael. You're welcome, Okay, so let's dive right in, and why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell me about the the 3D printing technology and German RepRap.
0: All right, so yeah, my name is Raphael. Thanks for the introduction. I'm 30 years old, and I'm a technical engineer. Uh, I mainly focused on laser techniques during my studies, and that was my access to the 3D printing technology, where I first of all focused on the SLS process, so the uh, selective laser sintering with metal powder 3D printing. That was my main focus. And uh, after a while, I changed, and I started to work for German RepRap uh, in the States. That is now three years ago. Um, German RepRap is a company that focused on 3D printers using the FFF or FDM technology, which means basically that we are using... Uh, plastic filament for our 3D prints. And since one year, I'm in the position of the sales manager of German RepRap.
1: All right. So tell me a little bit about the technology behind German RepRap 3D printers and, and all of the materials and open source technology.
0: All right. So basically, our company focused on large format open source FSS printers. Um, and we design them to be used in industrial environments. So our main focus is to um, produce machines that can be used in industrial companies, which means that they have, uh, we have a high focus on precision of our machines. That's German engineering, of course. But our access to the market is that we offer those systems for um, lower costs than most competitors, and especially we have low operation costs. That means basically the prices for the filament and the spare parts and our upgrades that we continuously are um, offering. On the same hand, we say we have open source machines. That means, first of all, our machines can be, uh, on our machines, any material that the printer is technically able to work with can be used on those machines. So we have not enclosed environment, which means that you need to take our German reference materials that we, of course, also offer, and we always recommend them because we know them best. But having this open source mentality gives our users the availability also to try new stuff, especially um, knowing that the material market in that field is developing so fast and there are hundreds of new ideas nearly every month. And um, this open source mentality gives our users the full flexibility to use, Uh, or to react on those past developments and to try um, uh, amazing new stuff with these machines. On the same time, our devices can be easily modified, which means they are very um, built in an open way, and that makes it easy or very interesting also for universities or basically in the education sector to work with our machines or for R&D sections in different companies where they want to modify um, the the machine for their specific purpose. And that happens now since a few years, especially in Germany. We have a very strong connection to the field of universities, which gives us, of course, uh, fascinating input directly from users and what our machines are capable to do. Uh, Last but not least, also the software that we use is kind of open open source. That means basically you can use different slicer software that are available on the market. We work with a specific software called Simplify 3D. It's an American company. I think most of the listeners probably know them. And this uh, specific software allows the user also to have a huge influence on the parameters of the machine, which means basically they can modify this whole process in the, in the best way for their uh, individual geometries. And this in total means, to, uh, to sum that up, this means that we have our focus is in the uh, life in the industry in many, many different sectors. And our philosophy is that we offer industrial quality open source 3D printers. And maybe what is different to other companies we work with a reseller network of certified partners that we have trained into the hardware as well into the software. And we have right now in 2016, we have uh, among 15 partners in about 28 countries. Um, wow. And for 2017, our plan is to found a new subsidiary of German RepRep directly in the USA. Uh, this is brand new news that I'm providing here, and I'm really wow. happy because this is... Uh, kind of my baby project here during the last couple of months.
1: Congratulations, that's huge.
0: Thank you for that.
1: So, Raphael, tell me, how does someone get started with three D printing and in, in choosing a printer?
0: Now, to answer that question, maybe we have to um, spare it into size. First of all, a consumer, so a direct consumer who wants to start 3D printing, he probably informs himself through the uh, which has created a huge hype about 3D printing in general during the last years. Or maybe he watched the Kickstarter campaign. Um, There are so many campaigns now for uh, printers, for people with a very small budget, so that they can have an easy access to this technology. Um, for engineers or generals for the business-to-business sector, um, I think one of the approaches in order to get in touch with this technology is that they may have already someone who is into that field of 3D printing and maybe gives a recommendation of what is used uh, for him. Um, and I think engineers have probably a different approach in general to that field, so they will look for a technology... Which, has, uh, which is solid and reliable and, um, for most important, which has high preci- pre- uh, precision, which allows them to um, manufacture parts for their everyday business.
1: Okay. So, I mean, this is all just beyond fascinating information. How do you sort of keep up with your competition? What sets you guys apart?
0: Mm, so, I think um, I tried to say it in the introduction. I think the, um, the market in that field has a, has a rapid development right now. Around five years ago, there have been a few market leaders who provided machines in industrial quality, and everything that was beyond that was, was more or less for the consumer market. Um, we tackled the situation in offering uh, industrial quality large format printer at a low price entry cost, which means basically that we are talking about prices beyond 10,000 euros. But we offered them um, as an entry for all those small and medium-sized companies who want to start with the technology, but who had not been yet available um, in, in a position where they could afford those um, super expensive machines. And we are now at a point that we can definitely compare the results of our prints also with those super expensive printers, and we see that there is no big difference anymore in the achievable quality, which gives us a very, very strong market position, especially in Europe, but also already in the States.
1: I love it. Raphael, what are the problems that German RepRap hopes to solve?
0: um well so the the development in the market that i tried to describe i Mm -hmm. think that we are now in kind of a transition that a lot of companies that have, have their focus on the consumer market and on the cheaper quality printers they are now trying to go into that transition and also produce printers that are capable of um matching the requirements of the industry um the this focus at German Repet. This transition has already been done quite four years ago. So, um, and this is this is something that I think is really unique about German Repet. A lot of companies who are already customer of very very expensive printers come to us now and see, well, why do we need to spend so much money when we can also simply um, use a new kind of technology which German Repet offers to us.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what fascinating things can you guys print at German RepRap?
0: So, I'm speaking all the time now about our main business, which is FFF or FDM technology. Um, This technology is basically used for prototypes, um, so it allows uh, companies to get get at a very low cost in a very short amount of time. A prototype, also later, maybe injection molded part or maybe a milk part or anything that. Is produced by this company. They can have a prototype very fast. Um, regarding this fascinating development in the material market, we have now new technical filaments, technical filaments with uh, a certain uh, temperature resistance or with a certain mechanical that um, with certain mechanical properties. And these new materials they allow now not only that we print prototypes, but we also already print. Small series of end products um, which have to fulfill a certain criteria in terms of thermal or mechanical resistance so that's a new field um, since prototyping is now something where you cannot really um, surprise people anymore everybody knows that FEM is used for prototyping but mm-hmm. giving the fact that we have now this new fascinating materials allows a, very, a brand new range of applications um, which go up to into uh, end products But this is only one field, and um, now I want to announce something that is also very, very important for us, since this is a completely new, innovative field of technology. Uh, We call that technology LAM, which basically stands for Liquid Additive Manufacturing. And what does that mean in specific is that we are now able to 3D print with liquid material. And this is something completely new. Wow. And we start now in using... LSR, so we use uh, silicon materials um, on this on this machine, and we can um, we can build up um, parts made out of silicon with more or less the same identical mechanical properties, often injection molded uh, LSR part, and that that's something really great. And I'm trying to I'm trying to explain why. So. When we speak about FDM or FFF, we are working with um, thermoplasts. So these are materials that um, have a high or a less high, but at least they have a rate of shrinking. So when this part is printed and during the cool down, the material will shrink. And this can result in certain problems. There There are many ways to face those problems. And the whole technology is now in a way that we can make like really nice precise parts and with high tolerances but we always have to face those problems and this new technology this LAM technology has not these kind of processes so there's no shrinking there's no thermal en- energy which allows us now to produce parts, parts with, uh, with nearly the same mechanical properties of an injection molded part And this is something that won't be achieved ever with the FFF or FDM technology. And why can we do that? This is, again, pretty simple. Um, The reason for that is that these uh, parts, during the process, they are cured on a... So the the, the single layers of these parts during the process, they are cured um, 100%, which means that this allows us to achieve those those super fascinating mechanical properties. Knowing this fact allows us now to use this technology not only to print prototypes or prototypes with the same mechanical uh, properties than uh, later injection water parts. We can even use this technology now to produce individualized end parts. For example, in the medical sector when we talk about autoses or proteases, which are basically made out of LSR materials and which are always highly individualized. These we can print now directly at a 3D printer um, without uh, going through the process of building a, a, a time-consuming and cost-consuming uh, mode or tool. This all can, is now solved by, by this new technology. And I want to mention now I speak about LSR material. This is only the beginning. We already know that we can work with different other liquid materials. Um, We will announce that also very soon, the other capabilities of this technology. But we start now with LAM with LSR materials.
1: Wow. So what ways do you see that this technology is helping change 3D printing world? I think what helps is that we open
0: new, now a completely new sector, with is LAM technology, um, a sector that hasn't been really touched by additive manufacturing at all. So a lot of people who have not yet been able to use additive manufacturing for their everyday business can now use this technology and create completely new applications. And this is something that is... For me, personally, really fascinating because there are so many great ideas out there and now there's a way to make that possible, which is just, for me, super amazing to to see and to hear every day.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Rafael. what are the benefits for companies and individuals who are using German RepRap products?
0: Well, I think... For the FFF technology, speaking about our basic uh, product and business, I think um, the benefit is just that they can achieve industrial quality printers um, at uh, acceptable and um, realistic prices now. So the times where had uh, only one or two choices when they work in an industrial environment with a 3D printer, these times are now over, and um, we are pretty aggressive in tackling these new markets.
1: What role do you think that German RepRap will play in the future of 3D and new development?
0: Well, I think um, I think the most amazing new development is the technology I, I just spoke about. We still have c- certain other projects in the channel, but I think... Um, this new, new technology allows that we um, that we are now able to also go into new branches. One of them will be, um, as I already said, the medical sector, um, but there's pretty more to come. For example, it is absolutely realistic that we can print ceramic cases with this technology, which is basically, again, a completely new field. Um, it's also possible to work with liquid material, maybe mixed with metal powder, in order to create even solid metal parts with this technology, so the potential, it simply said, is huge, and um, we are still still on our way to find out what will be the best next applications with that
1: technology. Okay, what are the new markets and industries that you're hoping to reach within the the future with the 3D printing technology? Okay, to be again a little bit more specific here. Um, we we have
0: already a, a quite uh, strong connection to the automotive sector, of course. I mean, a German company, there are so many German uh, manufacturers here, they all are already using our technology. Uh, the same is for the aerospace sector. We are strong there. But the technology, the FSS technology, is still, for most of the time, it's used for prototypes. And this LAM technology, with that fascinating mechanical properties, um, results, these allow us now also to work with that technology in these fields for end products, for small batches of highly individualized end products. So we, we think that we can, we can now help companies to make that transition in what I call from rapid manufacturing to, uh, pardon, from rapid prototyping to rapid manufacturing, which basically means that they are not only using the technology to produce prototypes, but also to, to create tools to, buy, uh, to, to, uh, to build up end products and everything that comes with it. And for sure, something that is quite new for us, since there are so many strict regulations, uh, the medical sector or the medical branch in total has a huge interest in printing silicone materials with this new LAN technology, and that will be a new market for us
1: in general. That is just, that seems so crazy. The, the liquid is just still blowing my mind quite a bit here. So <laughs> how is this technology going to influence the way we work in our, or just our everyday
0: lives? Uh, I think this is not so easy to answer. But in general, um, the, one of the big advantages of additive manufacturing regarding other um, conventional production is, of course, the freedom of freedom of design that designers have with this technology. This allows them now to break old rules that have been uh, given by the technology that has been used for the past fifty years, which was in most cases molding technology, which has of course uh, yeah limits in what designers can produce actually. What can they um, build? What kind of parts can they build? What geometries are possible with this? And additive manufacturing allows them more or less the complete freedom of design. And I think we already feel that in many different ways. And I'm pretty sure that this is not this uh, is really only the start. Um, when you think about companies that are using AM technology. Um, this allows them to be more flexible uh, in a way that they can produce parts in a very fast and effective way uh, without building a part, without building a mold, without building a tool. All they need is a 3D printer, and this makes, this makes them, um, they can react very fast on changes or also in the design process of a new part. They are so flexible in presenting a whole bunch of ideas in a few days while usually, when you see a design process of a new product, of a new product, before it comes to the prototype, the designers have to make so many cho- choices before, because normally a prototype costs, yeah, quite a lot of money. And having this technology in house allows them to just try out those ideas and not to agree after a certain process to a different, uh, to a specific geometry for that prototype. They can simply try it out because it, it costs more or less nothing, and uh, it it is way more time-effective than before. So in general, I think the flexibility and the ideas that can be created are already affected in a massive way.
1: Raphael, do you see that there's been any issues with the 3D printing technology?
0: For talking about issues, I would talk about false expectations from consumers or, general, from, um, from customers. Um, and when I speak about false expectations, I mean, in general, um, the hype that had been created in, in the media in the last years, which gave uh, someone who maybe is not an engineer but is interested in the, in the technology and wants to, wants, wants to use it, had the expectation that that it is some kind of a Star Trek replicator where you just push a button and then there will be a decent part in perfect quality and there's no knowledge or no no know-how needed in how to use that technology. And I think this is something that came through all those articles saying this will be the next revolution and everybody will have a 3D printer in two years and this will completely change manufacturing It it is not, (laughs) and it won't change it completely. But it changes the way that we we design and produce parts, and it gives completely new options to the people who have access to that technology. But for sure, the conventional technology as injection molding and everything else will still be more effective when it comes to a certain uh, amount of parts. So you would probably never print 3,000 pieces on a machine, 3,000 exactly the same pieces, because injection molding will be always faster. But maybe you want to print 150, or maybe you want to print 500 of them, because you can add it faster and cheaper uh, when you don't have to, uh, to build a tool. So I think this whole hype uh, slowly comes now to a point that people are starting to understand that it is a fascinating new technology but that's also some know-how needed to find out how to use it in the most effective way. Okay.
1: What would you say are some of the most fascinating things that you've learned throughout the years? So
0: for me personally, I think um, the, the history of German WebRa repress- yeah, we acquired a young company, basically we are now seven years old, and what was really fascinating for me was to, to see how a business can basically grow from a garage, um, and that's the fact um, our founder and CEO, he started this company in providing an online shop for spare parts for 3D printer kits that are built up by, by um, customers on their own, on their, on their workbench. And he did that as a, as a hobby and started in offering spare parts for those kind of printers, Um, When he launched that shop, it was sold out after 12 hours, so there, he started to notice that there's a high demand on this, and step by step, we made our transition from building up small printers for consumers and focusing on industrial products, and now we have a product line um, which basically consists of uh, four machines from very small to super huge. We have the biggest 3D printer for industrial quality. We call it the X1000. It's it's not a machine, it's a flagship, I would say that. So seeing this whole process for me is super fascinating in such a short amount of time. And giving now the fact that I'm able to lead our people through that process is just a so cool thing for me to to see, and I learned so much with that. Um, In general, what I learned is that the... In general, the AAM, the additive manufacturing sector, has such a fast development. It's just so crazy to see all those new ideas that come come up and that are also not only in, hidden in, in someone's head. They are on Kickstarter. They are in the media. People talk about it. They just do it. They print from houses to tools to, to all to organs. They start to print everything, and that's just so fascinating to see.
1: Oh, it really is. So where do you see both yourself as well as German RepRap in 5, 10, 15 years' time?
0: So we are young and we are ambitious. That means in 10 years we want to be the first choice for 3D printers in um, general work life
1: Tell me a little bit about what the competition is like in this market.
0: Well, I would say the competition is, is, is pretty interesting because it is under so many... it is, it is How can I say that? It's, it's changing so fast. There are companies that pop out today that maybe are not, not in the market anymore tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see it on the trade shows every year. There are new, new companies starting to get a, they get a put into that field and others leave it uh, not only for the hardware, also for the software and the materials side. So the competition is, is, is quite interesting because it, it changes uh, nearly on a daily uh, basis and um, that makes us, of course, also proud that we that we managed to create that solid position in the market that we have achieved within the last years and that we are still here and we have uh, um, a continuous growth and are looking very positive in the future with our company.
1: Any final thoughts to share with our listeners on this? fascinating technology in, in the company, you know, RepRap in general.
0: Yeah, I, I, I really want to invite everybody who's interested in our product, especially in the new technology that I was talking about. We will present that in an early prototype status next year on SolidWorks, SolidWorks, SolidWorks World Show which takes place in February in Los Angeles, where we will present that new technology to American people, and I hope to have a lot of intention on that topic, and everybody um, is, is, is invited to meet us there and talk to us and ask questions about anything that was not clear now during that interview.
1: Awesome. I want to give a special thanks to Raphael Reif of the Sales Manager at German RepRap. Raphael, thank you so much for giving us your time today and providing us with this incredible information. Uh, good luck to you all in the future. We look forward to seeing what you uh, are going to produce for the rest of the world.
0: Thank you so much. I also want to say thank you for this, uh, for this interesting talk. And
1: uh, yeah. next, We'll stay in touch and we'll to keep see. watching. <laughs> all right bye Rafael. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> sounds
0: good to me bye Bye-bye. bye Bye-bye. you've been listening to almost here around the corner of future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs subscribe to this podcast both to review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse such as bitcoin artificial intelligence 3d printing
1: blockchain virtual reality and more